Well, we got it half right. Denny here. Andy's taking the day off. In his stead is Luke Panic, the deck and port specialist at Linda's Construction. He He's actually so much more than that. I know that, and many of our listeners know that, too. Good morning, Luke Panic. Good morning. How are you, Denny? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Hope you are, too. I'm sure uh, that you and your crews have been mighty busy at Linda's Construction this uh, this season. I should say this season's. You've had a lot of opportunity to get some, albeit hot weather, uh, get some work done. We have. Uh, recently, obviously, it's been wet, but uh, we've had a really good season and lots of production. Yeah, absolutely. And just to, to alert our listeners, if you have any kind of a home improvement question, as I said, uh, seriously, Luke has been in the construction business for many years, and it doesn't have to be just about decks, although if you have a specific question about decks or decking or porches, for that matter, uh, call it in or text it in. It's the same number, 651-461-9226. And again, I mentioned it last hour uh, to our listen, uh, listeners, Luke, that if you uh, do send a text to uh, Luke and you get some weird reply, it's neither Luke nor me uh, or, or the station uh, doing it. It's just some fluke in the uh, text system. So your text messages are being uh, seen and read. So by all means, if that's the method you prefer for your home improvement question for Luke, uh, call it in or text it in, whatever, 651-461-9226. Uh, Luke, a, a listener sent a text earlier, knowing that you were going to be on a bit ago, uh, asked, can I use a bleach solution to clean my cedar deck? What do you think? Yeah, I, I think you can. In fact, bleach is a common element in a lot of these uh, cleaners, uh, and it works works well. Uh, the question would be the proper uh, mix, huh? you know, how much to dilute it, uh, which I, I don't have an exact answer for, but I typically will put in uh, a cup or two, of, uh, maybe a cup of bleach to a gallon of water, and uh, that seems to be a good potency for cleaning purposes. Certainly kills mold and mildew, um, and helps brighten the deck for sure. Luke, are people still require when you go to people's houses? They call Lindis Construction, are and they want a new deck. Uh, are they? Uh, how many folks are looking for cedar decks anymore? Uh, you, you've told us for years past that the high percentage of folks want a low-maintenance deck. What about cedar or any other kind of wood? What about that? Occasionally, uh, yes, people still look are interested in a wood, uh, a wood decking. I, I typically steer clear of cedar, specifically cedar. Modern-day cedar is uh, really delicate and does not hold up particularly well. So I usually encourage people to consider uh, kiln-dried. The kiln-dried treated pine is far more durable, um, doesn't require the annual maintenance that cedar cedar does to prevent it from decaying. But I would say, you know, honestly, Denny, probably about 10 to 15% of the time people are asking about a wood floor. Just that. Everybody else wants a low maintenance. And what uh, what are the people going for? What what is Lindis? What do you like as far as low maintenance decking? I know you mentioned a, a, a name or two. Azek and Millboard are the two that I typically put in front of people. Um, Millboard is one we bring in from England. That's a uh, very very natural looking uh, product. Has an oak texture to it. It's it's very unique. Uh, Azek is more common. Uh, both of them completely 
you know, synthetic materials. So there's no sawdust or wood wood powder in them at all. So that's why I prefer them. That's what I was going to ask you. There's nothing like some other products that have that filler. So these are pretty much solid, uh, give or take, huh? Th- that's right. That's absolutely right. And how do you maintain those? I mean, is it a, can you uh, each year kind of pressure wash those uh, easier than you can like a cedar deck or some other wood deck? Yeah, yeah, they're far more receptive and durable to pressure the pressure of the water. Where wood wood fibers, of course, can get kind of furry from pressure washing. The synthetic materials, you know, they're extremely tough. Um, so washing them with a pressure washer is a great way. A lot of them have, you know, they have a they all need to meet, when you make a synthetic deck board, they all need to meet uh, ADA requirements for slip resistance. So they're not slippery. That's a big concern is that you walk out on your deck and it's going to be, you know, grease lightning because it's made out of some sort of synthetic material. But they put a texture into the boards uh, that also, but giving you some grip, but also grabs some debris. So uh, pressure washing it is a great way to get get the whatever pollens and exterior dust and stuff get collected in there it's easy to wash it out with a pressure washer so that's probably the easiest way um you can you know get out just the hose and and just broom them off too but the pressure washer works great if you're just joining us luke panic filling in for andy lindis this morning luke among other things is a deck and port specialist at uh, lindis construction so if you have any kind of a deck question or any kind of a home improvement question luke uh, if, let's maybe we could back up just a little bit and give a little background uh, of yourself for for our new listeners that uh, you you've not always since you were a kid have dealt with decks <laughs> you've done other construction as well give us a little background if you would well i grew up um, in the North Branch, Minnesota, my my father and my grandfather were you know just a small family builders. They built mostly brand new homes, and um, they were of the vintage when a lot of builders they did everything. They did the masonry work, the framing, the insulating, the sheetrock. I mean, all the way up. The only subs that were involved with a new house in our family were the electricians, the plumbers, and the HVAC company. So. Uh, those were all things by by no choice of my own, mind you, Denny. I was uh, <laughs> uh, part of the family business and handed a hammer and uh, learned all these things that, uh, at the time. My own, mind you, Denny. I was uh, <laughs> uh, part of the family business and handed a hammer and uh, learned all these things that uh, at the time didn't seem real beneficial, but um, later in life have come to serve me well. I uh, was eager to go to college. I went to school down in southern Minnesota, St. Peter school called Gus Davis. Uh, oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, good, awesome school, small town, and I was eager to get my degree so I would never have to be associated or work in construction again. <laughs> Things change. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I, uh, had a couple, I had an office job in Chicago for a couple of years and realized I wasn't designed for an office either. So that's when I came back to the Twin Cities and got hired as the president of a deck building company. So that's, yeah. that was where I got specialized in decks and porches. And uh, really a part of the construction I enjoy the most is, is creating uh, outdoor spaces or three-season spaces for people that oftentimes tell me they use those, those, uh, those porches uh, more than any other room in their house. I so believe that. Cool. That's a good move on our part. We're lucky to, we're lucky to have you. Uh, I'll tell you what, let's do this. I'm looking at the clock here, and Dennis is waving at me. I think we need to take a quick break. Let's do this. 
Uh, let's invite our listeners to join in any kind of a home improvement question, but especially since uh, Luke is the expert, the deck and port specialist at Lindis. If you have any kind of a deck question, now is your chance uh, to uh, ask Luke either by phone or by text. And again, if you send a text and you get some weird reply, don't worry about it. We're, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to us either. But we are receiving your text messages just fine. So just send them or give a phone call to Luke if you want to chat with him. That'd be good, too. As same number, 651-461-9226. Again, 651-461-9226. More Home Improvement Talk presented every week by our friends at Linda's Construction. We'll be back with Luke in a moment here on News Talk A30, WCCO. That's the number for your text or phone call to Luke Panic filling in for Andy Lindis today. Luke is the deck and port specialist, among other things, at Lindis Construction. Any kind of a home improvement question is welcome today as usual. But again, uh, if you have specific questions about decks, maybe porches, decking, whatever the case, call it in or text it in. That number again, 651-461-9226. Luke, let's go to the phones. I think Mike is calling in from uh, Oakdale this morning. Mike, you are on with Luke. Hi. Uh, I've got a 500-square-foot garage, and I currently have forced air heat, a Resnor hanging heater, but it's on its way out. And I was looking at the radiant heat. What do you guys think of that? Uh, radiant heat is, uh, is a more effective heat for sure. It heats the objects of the room. And they can be great. I get um, a lot of people like those resonors too. The, the those get used commonly. Is it? Uh, are you have any interest in keeping it cool in the summer, Mike? No, none at all. None at all. <laughs> I gotta say, no, I've done uh, a few projects where we've put uh, a mini split in the garages uh, to keep them not only hot in the winter or heated in the winter, but keep them cool in the summer. And they're very, very efficient. They don't use hardly any. Um, any energy at all. So I'd consider that as well. Okay. Wow. Um, I was concerned with sawdust. Oh, with, uh, with, with what, with moving their air around? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the, is the radiant heat more, uh, friendly with the sawdust than the Resnor? Cause the Resnor has a fan that could suck in the sawdust. Yeah, no, you're you're right. The radiant heat, if you're creating a lot of dust and you don't have good dust collection, then yeah, the radiant heat is going to just have. They don't have any fan. It's not blowing air, so it's more of a. It heats the, it heats the objects in the room. So that would definitely uh, move less dust around for sure. All right, very good. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate that. Uh, that uh, that's kind of interesting. I mean, we I, you know we talk about or have heard from listeners who have. A heated garage, but uh, some <laughs> you're saying there's an, a real efficient cooling uh, availability as well, huh? Yeah, well, it's the same thing we use in like four season porches, um, and a lot of times either attached, uh, you know, an attached garage or an attached addition. When you're trying, when the heat wasn't designed into the building originally, and you're trying to add heat to it, you you confront this battle it, when you when you run an when you run an existing duct out into that room the challenge is it's putting you're adding you're adding work to your existing furnace 
And what will happen is it will reach, you know, 72 degrees or 70 degrees at your thermostat that's usually in the center of the house, but it will only be, you know, 62 degrees out in this extra room or garage. So uh, it doesn't work well. So we usually create a heat source and an air conditioning source in that room. Number one, insulate it well, but uh, the air source heat pumps use use the uh, use a freon a lot like a refrigerator basically it's like a, a giant refrigerator that uses uh, compression in the freon to create heat and to create cool in the summertime mm. so it works both ways all the, the only requirement the only energy it uses is electricity just to circulate the freon and pump the, the freon around so it's extremely efficient they cost more up front of course uh, so you pay for it up front but then you 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 shouldn't see hardly any increase in your energy uh, bills for gas or electric um, to operate these things. So very popular. What's probably most common nowadays when we do a new garage is to put radiant heat in the floor. So uh, the hot water heat in the slab where you insulate underneath the, the slab and then put the tubing and run hot, hot water and, and the antifreeze through it. That's probably the best for, you know, dust collection and things like that because the heat's just radiating off the slab. But um, interesting, um, interesting that a lot of people aren't aware of mini splits, and they're just a fantastic way to control the climate in your garage or your porch. Sounds neat. I, I'm trying to think of, of imagine what you just said about the the radiant heat in the floor. How does a garage deal with, uh, or the homeowner deal with, uh, you know, salt and melted ice? And how how is the whole configuration done there in a garage with radiant heat? Yeah, well, that has to be thought about because typically the slabs in a garage, the water will run out. And so if your garage is heated and you drive in there and all the snow melts and the water runs towards your garage door, you get a, you create a, an interesting dynamic. You've got hot water on one side or melted water and on the other mm. side you got 20 below. Mm. So you, you, that's not a healthy mix. That's what, that's how we get ice dams on roofs. So you have to maintain and keep that water cleaned up if, it, if your garage isn't prepared with a drain or a collection, water collection somehow. Um, that can be a real chore. So, yeah. you know, even, you know, I've been occasion, I've seen it where garage doors are frozen shut, that yeah. outside edge on a real cold morning <laughs> where the garage doors want to open. So you definitely got to deal with it um, because it wants, if, it, if you bring in the ice and the salt, it, it can be hard on the slabs. So Yeah. So plan ahead. <laughs> for sure plan ahead is the, the, right. yeah that's the correct answer let's uh luke let's uh, grab a phone call don is calling in from uh hutchinson i believe uh don go ahead uh luke is listening hi don it is um from hutchinson can you hear me oh yeah you're just fine don oh, okay perfect i have a raised porch on the back of my house um, like a three-season porch. I'm going to put regular windows in it instead of storm windows for warmth, but I need the cheapest, easiest way to insulate the floor, you know, because there's air going under it with cold. Sure. Well, uh, the cheapest and easiest would be, you know, just just tucking some uh, fiberglass insulation in there. You could buy it at any store. Uh, fiberglass isn't the best, but it certainly, I would say, would be the cheapest and easiest. And we typically would put um, like an R uh, R25 uh, would be a good, uh, 
measurement in the floor, but then you need to cover that up uh-huh. so stuff don't get to it. So you want to cover that up with like treated plywood or, or aluminum soffit or something. That would be the least expensive right. way to warm up the floor. The best way would be to put in rigid foam or urethane foam, have it sprayed in there. You can buy small what are called froth packs for small jobs like that where you um, right. For a homeowner to do, you can buy the, uh, I know Menards has them, but and a probably Home Depot probably does too. They're called a froth pack, and you spray the foam in there. That would be the, for sure the best. It would fill in all the little cracks and, and eliminate any air movement at all, and they're designed to be used by homeowners. Right. Well, good, good, good luck, John. Thank, thanks for the call. Uh, here's the phone number and the text number. It's the same. We've got about another half hour of the show to go. We're going to take a break for weather here in seconds, 651-461-9226. So either phone in your home improvement question or send Luke uh, in the form of a text. Again, same number, 651-461-9226. More home improvement talk here on News Talk 830-WCCO. Good morning. Welcome back to our Home Improvement Show presented by Lindis Construction every Saturday here in the 9 o'clock hour. Welcoming your home improvement questions, any kind, uh, but especially this morning, Luke Panic filling in for Andy Lindis. Luke, if you're just joining us, is the deck and port specialist at Lindis in the construction business many years. Now, uh, to uh, Luke, you we didn't mention it last uh, half hour, but uh, you did a little thing called uh, building your own home, too, in the not-too-distant past. Yeah, it was about five years ago. That was actually my, basically my second house I built from scratch. Um, hmm. I've done some remodeling, but that was my second one. That that went smoother than the first one. <laughs> you learned a few things. Okay. I did. I yeah, did. I, In fact, what I, it's funny you mentioned that. I was building that first one in about 2001 and i remember laying the block on the day that was so hot it was actually the day that Corey stringer overheated i remember that tragic day in mankato that was a day i remember laying block it was so hot and i just i I, that was the day i I realized i was never doing my own foundation again yeah that's tough well i bring it up I uh, bring it up to open up the phone lines or text line because if uh, you know if you want to zero in on decks, which is a specialty of Luke's, that's great. But if you have any other kind of home improvement question, we welcome those as well. Uh, call it in, text it in six five one four six one nine two two six. Speaking of calls, Luke Frank is calling in from Roseville. I think uh, this morning, Frank. Thanks for waiting. You are on with Luke. Hi. <clears throat> Good morning. Um, Good morning. As far as my deck. I have a uh, a cedar deck. It's about it's a little over 30 years old, but I maintained it so it's in decent shape. And I'm wondering about the balusters on there, those two by two uh, uh, boards that are you know around the rails. Are there any individual metal balusters that I could use to replace them, other than the than the pre-made kits for that? Yeah, it's uh, a great question, Frank, and and and. I'm glad you took care of your cedar because if it's 30 years old, it's really good cedar. In fact, when you bought that, they still had cedar from older trees, and it holds up well. So keep maintaining it. It can last another 10 years easy. The balusters that you're going to look for uh, that I use in that situation are made by a company called Fortress. 
And instead of you can take off those uh, two by two balusters and put on the uh, these metal balusters in their place that work quite good. Do, do the balusters go down to the side of the deck or do they go down to a bottom rail, Frank? Um, they go down to the, the the skirt there on the bottom, you know, from yeah. the from the top. Yeah. Okay. Well, Frank, and, and they, it needs to be and, very easy. It'd be very easy. You take those off, and then before you put the metal ones on, you're going to want to sand out all the old lines, the paint lines from from painting over the years and staining. You want to get that all pressed, or even perhaps put on a brand new skirt board might be the easiest. And then when you and then you can put those new black uh, or whatever color you want, those metal metal balusters down, space them about three and a half inches apart. And they just screw to the side and screw up to that top rail, and, and you're in business. And, and one of the things you'll notice is you'll be able to see through that railing really nice because of the dark collar won't, won't grab your eyes. You'll be able to see through it much better. Oh, very good. Uh, thanks, Frank, for the call. 651-461-9226. Uh, Anne is next up here on CSU. Anne's calling in from Elkton, I believe, with a question. Thank you, Anne. What is your question for Luke? Uh, yes, we have about a four-year-old Trex um, deck that was put in <clears throat> by somebody who told me he knew how to put in Trex decks, but obviously didn't. He put the, cut the floorboards straight down from the edge and then put the fascia over the edge. Well, in the next three years, the floorboards expanded, pushing the fascia out. And these pieces around the edge collect its open spaces, maybe three-quarters to an inch. The fascia is warped and bent, and it collects all this debris and dirt. Um, It's got a steel frame underneath it. Uh, I was wondering, no one around here knows how to fix it. I've gone place to place. Some people who were selling it said, this is the way to put it on. And I said, no, um, they're going to have major problems in the years to come. And I wondered, what would he recommend we do to fix this problem? What do you think, Luke? Well, it's a good question, and it's a common mistake. I see it a lot where uh, the decking gets cut at length the same size as the frame, and then they run the skirt board up to cover the ends of the deck boards. And the reason that they do that is because when you cut a Trex board, you see the composite, and it has an unfinished kind of a factory. Uh, you know, you can see all the, the sawdust and stuff. And this is why we talk about this, is that um, Trex commonly swells where we live. With the dramatic temperature and uh, humidity changes that we have, it, it swells. And um, this is a problem I see commonly. Unfortunately, there's not a lot to do. You try to take off the old deck boards. Um, we can't make them longer. Um, so there's no way to really adapt this unless um what they could do is if with some additional framing we could run what's called a picture frame board around the edge so instead of perpendicular we run the the, uh, a board around the perimeter like a like a picture frame and you hang the edge of that board over the framing so that when you put that skirt board on it it sits underneath the deck board uh so that debris doesn't get caught between that that crack that gets created Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's one way to do it. Um, it's a difficult thing to do, uh, but it can be done. Uh, 
it may be the best and the most efficient just to take the decking off and, and put on decking correctly. But, uh, you know, we'd have to, we'd have to look at it to determine that. And it's frustrating because it's only five, you know, four years old, he said. Uh, but the reality of it is it, it, it creates a common problem. It creates a lot of debris. It wants to sit in there. It wants to rot and mold and mildew. And it's a real, it's a real problem. Wow. All right. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Six, five, one, Four six one nine two two six. We'll get back to the phones in a moment, but there's uh, there are a bunch of text messages messages as well. Luke, uh, here's one. Will I call? Ca- I think they're talking about snow. Will I cause any damage if I don't shovel the steps to my deck? Should not. They should be built to handle our weather, um, and the snow should not be a problem. A lot of people do shovel their deck. Um, and depending on the wood or, or if it's synthetic, I, I recommend that you use a plastic shovel or use a leaf blower first, and, and then what's left is a shovel. But um, oftentimes it can be frustrating because if the screws, if it's a wood deck, what happens is the screw, the wood shrinks a little bit, and the heads of the screws stick up, and you ram your shovel into those screws, and it's kind of frustrating. <laughs> but uh, we've all done that. But it, it it really is up to the person. The deck shouldn't be harmed by having the snow on there, especially if it's a staircase that just isn't getting used in the winter. That's oftentimes in the back of the house where they just don't get used. That's not a problem. It shouldn't hurt the deck at all. Uh, but a lot of people just prefer to shovel them off. So it just depends. Personal preference there. Okay, very good. Back to the phones we go. Dan is calling from Osceola, I believe. Uh, Dan, you are on CCO with uh, Luke Panic. Dan? Good morning. I have a question about AZAC decking. I have a porch on the front of my house, and I bought the AZAC decking from Home Depot, and I installed it the correctly correct way that Home Depot and AZAC recommend me to do. Now, my problem is, is the decking has shrunk so much that I have um, quite a few big cracks in between where the butt joints are. Um, is there something that I can do to fix that, or do I just need to replace the decking? How wide is the deck that you, that you how wide is your porch that you installed this on, Dan? The, the porch runs um, 33 feet um, long by nine and a half feet wide. Okay, and you ran the, it's framed in such a way that you had to run the deck boards the 33 feet, I, I understand. Yes, it runs the whole, the whole width of my house. Okay. And then it's, 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 a, it's a covered porch. All right. So it, it, the, porch, the porch extends out nine, about nine and a half feet, and right. then it runs 30, about 35 feet in front of my house. Do you recall the brand, the specific product line of ASIC that you used? Oh boy, like like the co- the color of it, or yeah, the, I'm wondering uh, if you use the cap. If, is it a capped composite or is it the is the capped polymer? Meaning, when you when you cut those, do you see the little sawdust in there, or is it straight uh, uh, synthetic? No, it's it is straight synthetic. It's one solid piece. Yep. Okay. Uh, it's unusual that it shrunk that much. I'm not sure why. Um, it shouldn't, uh, unless. What was the temperature in the time of year that you installed this? In the fall, is it like it was on days like days like today? We did it. Okay. We did it in the fall. 
Wow, that's very unusual. Uh, we don't see that very okay. often from Azek. Uh, you may, okay. uh, you know, so if you're talking, you said it's about a half inch gap. There's, there's gaps. Even in my, in my, I put skirt boards on the front and yeah. the, the skirt boards get a lot of sun because um, they're, they're of course not covered. So even the skirt boards, and I used the, the, the recommended screws that they gave me for the, yep. for the skirt boards. And even the skirt boards now will have, oh, I've probably got a good half to a quarter inch gap in my, in my skirt boards. They've, they've shrunk that much. Um, and actually this, this summer, sorry. I wanted to ask you about the framing. Did you frame this new when you did this, or would you put this over an old frame? No, brand, it was a brand new house. Brand new house. It was so a brand, tree, brand new framing. frame over an old frame. No, brand, it was a brand new house. Brand new house. It was so brand, a green, brand new framing. frame? Correct. Yeah, okay. All right. Uh, one of the things we see commonly is when, it, the, if it was normal green treat lumber, is that the, the lumber actually moves quite a bit and can create a fair bit of warping from this material. Um, and it's, it can be difficult to fix, but you're, you're going to have to add a lot of fasteners. Typically, that, that skirt board on the edge wants to cup or pull away from the edge. Is the decking run over that skirt board like the previous caller was talking about, or does the skirt board sit up top flush with the top of the decking? No, I put the I put the I ran the, the deck boards over, so the skirt board butts up to the bottom of the deck, the bottom bottom of Good. the decking. Okay, good, good. Um, so the answer, you know, with this much shrinkage when you're running 33 feet um, is a challenge because you probably had some 20-foot boards and, and they, can, they can shrink a little bit with temperature. Uh, you, sure. you know, the only way, the only way uh, a lot of times if you look at an old porch uh, in like St. Paul or Minneapolis, they run the decking the opposite direction, the, like the nine-and-a-half-foot direction because the short boards won't have any seams and then they won't have that kind of shrinkage. Uh, but it is a tough thing to deal with. The, 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 does it seem to expand and contract, or is it now it's shrunk and it stays shrunk? Well, it did when we first, when last three years ago when we put it on, it, it was okay over the winter. And then in the summertime, we noticed that it was expanding in the summer, and then it, yeah. then it contracted back that fall, and it has sure. never, even like this summer, it, it did not expand back. It's, it's okay. gotten it's gotten bad in spots where the, the the hidden fasteners that you put down between the between the two where the two boards come together you use one fastener in there to hold the the joints together while the boards are expanding so much that if their boards the the edges are popping up. Okay, where the joints yeah. go together. Couple of things that, unfortunately, it isn't going to help you now. But there's a couple of reasons that, or things that we do to help combat this. Number one, we we put the joists at uh, 12 inch centers. You have 16 or 12 inch centers. 16. Yeah. So we put them at 12 inch centers for that reason. And the other thing we do, any place there's going to be a lap where a board is going to butt another board, we double the joist there so that the end of that board is sitting on a full inch and a half to fasten to yep. and it sounds like yours is yep. sharing a joist so if you think about the end of that board, it is it, yeah it, it's really just kind of hanging out to three quarters of an inch of a joist and then you the fastener's got to go in at an angle and the ends of that yep. often fail they often fail because there's just not enough for it to, to sit on so 
that would help your problem. Okay. Also, by having them at the 12-inch centers, you get less movement because there's fasteners every 12 inches instead of every 16 inches. Uh, when you're talking about 33 feet in width, you're going to have some movement just because of temperature. If you're really concerned to think it looks unusual, you can submit a uh, warranty uh, claim to uh, ASEC. And as you're describing it to me, um, it doesn't sound to me like y- you did anything wrong. So I would, uh, if you want to get some advice on it directly from ASEC, or if they think that this moved more than it should have, they may help you. Uh, homeowners have to create their own warranty claims. You can go on their website and do that uh, and get them out there. ASEC is a really good company. Uh, they, of course, bur- purchased by TimberTech, and they're, they're, they're one company now. But they're very good. I've had very good experience with them helping out with warranty claims if they think this is a warranty problem. Uh, typically, this material doesn't shrink that much. So uh, you may, it may be worth your while. They may help you out a little bit with that. Uh, so uh, that's about all I can tell you about it, Dan. All right, very good. We need uh, to take a quick break. I want to alert Margaret. You're going to be our last caller, Margaret, so don't go away. We'll uh, take this break. Be right back with more Home Improvement Talk on News Talk A3O-WCCO. And good morning. Welcome back. A couple of minutes remaining in our Home Improvement Show. Uh, Luke Panic filling in for Andy Lynn is today. Luke, uh, let's grab another call before we run out of time. Margaret, I think, is in Shakopee. Margaret, what's your question this morning, please? In, it's not about patios or decks or anything. In my bathroom uh, in the ceiling, the screws are starting to come down. How do I fix that? What do you think, did Luke? You, I'm sorry. Did you say in the ceiling? Yes. You're noticing the screws, the drywall is cracking around the screws. Is that what you're seeing, or the screws actually are pulling out of the wood? Uh, they're kind of pulling down. Okay. Uh, it could be two different things. If the wood is rotten and it's, it's just losing its hold, you may have to replace some, some, some wrappers or framing up there. You can try just uh, with a screwdriver, a hand screwdriver or a drill, uh, sinking those screws back up to see if they grab. And then if they hold, then you go ahead and, and, and touch it up with some drywall mud and prime and paint. Yeah, good luck with that. Thank you, Margaret, for hanging on. All right, let's see if we can grab one quick uh, text before. We're... A lot of text questions today about cleaning this one. Uh, just in general, we've got two or three texts about uh, cleaning uh, they've, they've tried their own product and it doesn't seem to help. Only strong bleach seemed to work. Uh, what do you think, Luke, as far as cleaning a Trex deck? Well, Trex will have a specific, uh, you know, a pro forma on their website of how to, you know, the care and maintenance tab, and they'll have specific cleaning products. Uh, I don't know all the subtle differences between the different brands, but basically they have a, their, their concoction of, uh, of bleach and, and other mildicides and, and pesticides that help uh, clean it and keep it clean. They all are available also at your big box store. So you go in there and take a look at the and then dilute it correctly with the right amount of, of water. Uh, typically you wet it first, put it on, let it sit, wash it off, and, and it's fine. Sometimes you got to use a broom and agitate it and scrub on it depending on how long it's been since you cleaned it last and how dirty it is. But uh, all of them seem to work pretty good. I know you've cleaned you cleaned your wood one a time or two, right? Oh, oh yes, yeah. 
generally speaking, with a general wood cleaner from the big box store, uh, that yeah. that that seemed to do the trick. Yeah. But well, I'll tell you what, Luke, we are just about out of time. One, one quick one in, in in fifteen seconds. How long should pressure treated wood dry before painting? Oh, good. At least a year, I would say, but you should check it with a moisture meter. You want to get it down to about 15%. All right, very good. I'll tell you what, if you are thinking about a new deck and you want uh, Luke and the good folks at the Lindis to come and talk about maybe next year, uh, how do we get in touch with you guys, Luke? Yeah, just call 1-800-LEAFGUARD. That's the easiest number to remember, 1-800-LEAFGUARD. Luke, have a good week. Great to hear from you again, and uh, let's talk soon. Okay, take care, buddy. You betcha. Luke Panic, deck and port specialist at Lindis Construction. Yeah, give them a call. I'm sure they'd love to come out and at least chat, get prepared for next year, and uh, get uh, get a brand-new deck or maybe fix up the old one of yours. All right, uh, coming up next, investing with confidence here on CCO right now in the Twin Cities as we head to even warmer day tomorrow. 75 the high today, maybe 87 tomorrow. Right now there's a few clouds. A high today, what did I say, 75, yeah. But in the Twin Cities at the moment, a few clouds with 56 degrees here in the Twin Cities. Stay with us.